The question is, how do you get from zero relationships to enough referral relationships to support yourself? And, you know, you can take out a huge loan. You can you can get a day job and build the relationships while you're working for somebody else. Or you can advertise. Like, that's what we did. So we advertised yeah. for years and years. And, uh, and then COVID is what kind of forced us to turn off. Like, we shut off our ads. We still thought we were an advertising business. We shut off our ads. And for, like, three months, the phone did not ring. And it was very scary. And then... Uh, the phone started ringing. We hadn't turned the ads back on. We never did. All right, man. We are rolling. Thank you so much. Joshua Barron, our distinguished guest today. He's a longtime friend. I'm so excited you're here with us today. Excited to be here. It's kind of weird, right? Because what I find is I'm in InfoSec and a lot of our guests are going to be focused on information security or whatever. I mean, we... We're pretty sure nobody's listening to this yet, so, <laughs> so we don't have to really be very careful yet. But, right. but what's interesting about Joshua is that uh, I just love the the content that you produce on LinkedIn, oh, and nice, you're man. you're an author. I I find myself identifying with a lot of your messages oh, that you. that you. Uh, <clears throat> When it comes to business, I just love it. So anyways, thanks for being on the show. Happy Joshua. to be here. Happy to try to figure out what Paramify does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Psyched. Well, yeah. yeah, us too. So, yeah, so so, Joshua, so take us back to the beginning. You have a, it's it's different for you, right? You graduated high school at 14, right? Actually, or didn't you didn't go to didn't, a day of high school. You didn't school. go to a day of high school. Oh. You're just, high school dropout. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> typical. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I, yeah. Uh, so I started college when I was 14, graduated when I was 18. My dad sent me to Nicaragua for a little bit. I got bit by a monkey, <laughs> came back, <laughs> served a mission in, um, in Chile for two years, which is where we met. Yep. That's and right. then uh, my mom applied to law school for me while I was in Chile. <laughs> and I asked her to apply to 10 schools. And BYU is my 10th choice, but she only applied to BYU. <laughs> and I got in, luckily, thank goodness. And uh, met my wife during law school and kind of went to law school planning not to be a lawyer. Thought I was going to do like real estate. or It was like it was such a dumb plan. But anyway, ended up uh, practicing law and started my own little law practice in 2009 and so I've been doing criminal defense for the last 14 years. Yeah, and so you've described that, you know, your experience getting into law school and you're like, you know, okay, so year one, you're in law school and you're like, I think I made a big mistake. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. First year of law school was the worst. It was just horrible and it felt un unnecessarily horrible. Like they were making it bad, you know, like... Just like as one example, like law school emphasizes uh, memorization a ton. Mm. So like there's these three-hour typed exams. You're not allowed to have any notes. And it's just like not representative of any real-world like activity you'd have to do. Like why are we – like I haven't, I haven't intentionally memorized a single thing since law school. <laughs> why is that such a big deal, you know? So um, yeah, so it's just weird and painful and like purposely painful. But Why do they – emphasize that rote memorization is there any rhyme or reason you just you have you still haven't figured it out i mean so there was this guy this 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 might be totally uninteresting you're allowed no, to no 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 keep going awesome. there's this guy like in the 1870s that. whose name is i think his name is christopher columbus langdell 
Oh. And if you want to mess up your kids, make their first two names Christopher Columbus. You just, <laughs> then you spend the rest of your life trying to live up to that. Yeah. He ended up being a dean of Harvard Law School, which is, that's a pretty good job. Okay. And, um, and he wanted to turn law from being like a trade into being like an academic science. Mm. And so he created the reporter system, which is like a system where every legal opinion by an appellate court gets published and then it gets put into these like specific books so that you can cite them really consistently. And his idea was we're going to use a scientific process to discover what the law is, what that these judges are making in these appellate opinions. And so it's like there's, I mean, it's, it's common not just in law, but like in all like liberal arts to want to be a science. Like as a history major, history majors want to be a science and, or, or like have like the rigor of journals and stuff and be able to show why they should have tenure. And so okay. it's, just, it's probably just like a symptom of all of that. Okay. Just wanting the prestige of science. Oh, got it. That's interesting. Yeah. Science is important. Law school is basically plumbing school, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but like we want it to see, cause like, it's just not like a master's degree or like a PhD or anything like that. Like it's not at all, but it's not a research degree. It's, it's anyway, it's like its own thing. And, it, and yeah. it's like a trade. It's really a trade, but it's hard. Like a lot of lawyers don't want to be trades people. <laughs> So yeah, like a lot of lawyers just get a law degree and then they go into real estate, like you said, <laughs> and you said, which is so dumb. Like, yeah. Like it's like the hardest way to get into real estate. Like just, it's like so <laughs> unnecessarily miserable. Yeah. I want to do real estate. Let me go spend however many dollars. <laughs> and just like the psychic cost. I mean, like law school does a good job of attracting really smart people. Right. And then most law schools have kind of like a forced curve. So you're sitting in a class and you're like, I know at least half these people are smarter than me. So like, how am I going to get a good grade in this class? And it, it messes with you. It's hard. Oh, it's really hard. Yeah. Great. And like, oh man, that does sound like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. Right. That that's hard. Yeah. I always think of, um, you know, on liar, liar, mm. you know, when, uh, what's his name finds himself in jail again and he still has to tell the truth. And so he goes, <laughs> he wants your legal advice, Chairman. He goes, stop breaking the law. <laughs> I've had to tell That's... some of my clients. That, yeah. <laughs> I've had to say like, you're bad at this. Like stop. Like whether it's right or wrong, like you're just not good at it. You get caught every time. Like stop. It's not good. It's not, you're making me money, but that's it. So there's an interesting factoid about Josh. I thought this was just fantastic. So while you were working for the Salt Lake Prosecutor's Office in 2008, mm. that's going back. That's, yeah, that's 15 years ago. Yeah. You handled over 1,500 criminal cases. Yeah, they have a crazy caseload. Yeah. Including over 30 jury trials. We just tried cases, man. We just tried them. So fast, so fast. Okay, because yeah, there's only 365 days in a year. <laughs> yeah, true. So that's like true. Multiple, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they give you huge stacks of cases. And my kind of policy was, um, like the defense attorneys could kind of write their offer, like just you know, it had to be like in a range, but I didn't really care. Uh, but I'd have like two files on my desk where I'd be like, "That's a bad dude, and I want him to go to jail." It's almost always a dude too. <laughs> okay. There's not that many. I mean, there are. Yeah. Some female criminals, but proportionally way fewer. Yeah. They tend not to be doing the really bad stuff. But but yeah, they only have class B and class C misdemeanors. Uh, some class A misdemeanors. And so it was so it wasn't like 
bank robbers or anything like that. But it'd be like domestic violence stuff. But I was just oh like, yeah, 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 like really, really hard so stuff. How did you navigate like juggling that many cases? Yeah. Just, again, like you can't do them all, really. Mm. Like not. I mean, you know, now I probably have like sixty or seventy cases at a time. Where then probably had I had hundreds of cases at any one time. You wow. just can't know very much about most of them, so you have to kind of pick your battles, pick which ones matter and you were never going back to like okay what did i memorize in law school <laughs> never got, you were just Almost using never. your brain i like, was just using my brain and looking stuff up when i needed to <laughs> okay that's awesome okay so that was the beginning of your that was pretty close to the beginning yeah, yeah i worked for a little bit doing real estate litigation in park city before that it was horrible it was horrible. The first day, like, remember you said, like, I get to law school, and I'm like, maybe I made a huge mistake. Like, yeah, I, Joe Bluth, Arrested Development, sat down my first day at my desk, and I was like, exactly. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> it was bad, and it was bad the whole time I was there. And then I got away to the prosecutor's office, and it was, like, escaping. It was just, I mean, it was such a better job. It was just That's totally different. What was, was, was the huge difference between the two? Um, like, so, so I've been studying this thing called self-determination theory lately and self-determination theory just like has some unintuitive ideas about what we will like and what we won't. So like a lot of times, like if I'm not liking my job, my intuition will be, well, maybe if I made more money, I'll like my job more. And it's just like, not true. Like if you're not making enough money to pay your bills, you need to make more money or you won't enjoy a job that's not meeting your needs. But once you do making another, if you double your salary again, it actually won't impact your happiness that much and so um, self-determination theory says once your needs are met then you need to focus on competence connection and autonomy mm-hmm. so if you're being yep. micromanaged you're not going to be happy nope. if you're not connected to the people you're working with and the people you're working for you're not gonna be happy and if you're bad at it you're not gonna be happy and at that firm I was it was all three <laughs> I was being micromanaged I was terrible at it and I didn't feel connected to my coworkers or my clients I, so yeah it was just like not it was not an environment where a person could be happy. <laughs> right. See. Yeah, I've um, I've said that same thing about when you when you hire somebody, you need those three things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And if you do, it's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No big deal. Yeah, you can do like hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do hard stuff if you've got those three things. Oh my gosh. You know, there's so much that can go wrong and everything does go wrong. Mm-hmm. Is my experience. Yeah. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to have that kind of motivating yeah. thing to listen to. So it's just kind of more like faith promoting, I would say. <laughs> but like, I, I like I like that that podcast. But you know, I've listened to quite a few, and they all they every now and that. again, every now and again, there's a good one yeah. right, that comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting how different one different like podcasts or books or will resonate with you at different times. Like you needed it for this. Yeah. Maybe you kind of outgrow it and that's not saying anything bad about the thing. But. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. Because before I would listen to investment podcasts mm. all the time uh, yeah. for years. Right. And so I listened to everything about, you know, options and, <laughs> you know, to deep dives on certain investment ideas. And ultimately, yeah, it's, you're right. It's a, it's whatever you're interested in. For a while, I listened to security uh, podcasts. Oh yeah, and you know now you're making one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not at the quality of those. Uh, but yeah, again, uh, yeah, anyway. it's just like oh man. It, but I think in security we tend to have this uh, 
it's usually very cynical um, because security professionals, uh, they know something that most people don't know and also most people don't care yeah. to know about. Yeah. And so it's like, why? <laughs> why should I care? And also, typically, they don't do a really good job at explaining why someone should care. They just say, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, you know, they just kind of... Uh, that's that's the tendency, and so I think that kind of comes out in a lot of the the podcasts that I listened to for a while. And so I'm like, I don't know. And I started thinking that way. You take a step back. It's just like, no, it's just what you care about isn't that important to anyone else. <laughs> no one cares about it. And then we get into the okay. So why don't they care about it? Oh yeah, because there's no real pain that they experience. Right. Right. If. Right. If there is a security vulnerability that's a big deal, you, the security people are going to be freaking out. They're going to be like, do you realize what this means? And, you know, usually it's just an extreme view and it's it's taken that way. And so it's super important that you make risk management relatable mm. to people. And so, I don't know. I, I've listened to a lot of different podcasts, but... Um, the one that I listen to still, let's see, which, what's the one that I'm listening to right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, what am I listening to? What are you listening to? Um, I was listening to, um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast about guns right now. Oh, interesting. Sick. Yeah. yeah the yeah, first yeah. couple of episodes were a little bit rough for me. Okay. I just felt like he wasn't asking hard enough questions, but uh, I just listened to the third episode and it was actually pretty interesting and insightful. So I'm like, okay, maybe we're warming up to the topic. So <laughs> I usually, I usually like, I just love Malcolm Gladwell so much that I'll kind of listen yeah. to him talk about, he's amazing. He read the phone book to me for all I care. <laughs> but this one, it took me, it was hard, but now I'm, now I'm liking it. Um, I listened to a sports podcast, Bill Simmons podcast. Sweet. But my favorite Although I only come in for the guests that I know is um, Pete Holmes' um, show. It's called uh, You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. (laughs) He does like these three-hour interviews um, with celebrities usually or comedians. And um, kind of he kind of spends like a third of the time on work, a third of the time on like relationships, love. And and then the last part is like, what is all this? Like, like, where did we come from? Like, what Mm. is like... What happens when we die? Have you ever seen a ghost? And um, it's been really cool because, like, as missionaries, when people tried to talk to me about that stuff, I just, like, turned off my listening. And I was just looking for a way to, like, jump in and, like, invite them to be baptized or something like that. And so, like, I just wasn't, I just wasn't hearing it. And what's nice about a podcast is you just can't interrupt. You can pause it, but you can't interrupt. They're not going to, you know, so, like, I had to, like, kind of sit with their answers and listen to them. And it's been really just like, it's just opened me up to like, there's lots of ways to think about this. And, you know, they seem very sincere. So like before I might have rejected certain answers and been like, nobody actually believes that. But people come on and like, I don't know why you would lie on the third hour of Pete Holmes podcast. you know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, yeah. So whether it's like the guy from Penn and Teller or Judd Apatow or, you know, Nate Bargatze or, you know, like. One, the guy from that 70s show, Topher Grace, okay. this amazing answer about all that stuff where he was like, he um, did a production of Our Town, I think, and 
there's this part at the end where people are like dead and they're reflecting on their lives or something. And, he, and it just like, it really moved me that he, like the way he articulated just like this, that's kind of how I see the afterlife. And I was oh. like, again, like I don't have to necessarily agree with all the specifics, but yeah, there was some truth in, in there, you know? Awesome. I don't know where it was, but it was in there somewhere. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's not appropriate for an infosec podcast. But no, no, that's no. beautiful, man. We don't <laughs> even. Yeah, we. This isn't. We we just call it the Paramified Podcast. So whatever happens, happens. <clears throat> I've listened. My buddy, uh, you know, Alan Draper, right? He yes. has a, he has a pretty cool podcast. Does he really? Yeah, it's called Business Growth Pod. Yeah, that's good. I'm have to yeah. check that out. Alan's awesome. Love that guy. We, uh, I listen to Tim Ferriss show sometimes. Oh, yeah? He has really good guests. Yeah, he has awesome guests, and sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? Yeah, uh, like, yeah. he did an interview with Rick Rubin mm-hmm. that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And no offense to Tim, like he asks the worst questions. <laughs> yeah, but his inter- his guests are just so interesting. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. They will just like make it good, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good. So he has some amazing guests on that show. I love it. Yeah, they're long though, and so I'm like, oh man, I I got I got to take up running again if I'm gonna yeah. listen to it. And I'm well, like, uh, I used to drive for court more. Oh okay. yeah. Like I would just be driving yep. hours every day, getting to different courts, and so I could just jam through like so many podcasts and so many audiobooks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we do a yeah. lot more by video. We still do some driving for court, but like. So, like, if I'm going out to Vernal for court, then I'll just, like, throw on a three-hour Pete yeah. Holmes or a long, you know, Tim Ferriss or something. And it just, like, I don't know, like, it feels slightly like somebody's in the car with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're just Absolutely. listening to a really interesting conversation. It's fun. Do you ever, like, in, a, in like, a court thing over video, do you ever, like, throw on the cat face just for fun? <laughs> like the filter? <laughs> the cat filter. Uh-uh. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've definitely, like, I, I have seen attorneys stand up and they're in their boxers and they don't realize their camera's on and <laughs> no way and it's like my fear <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna do something like that yeah yeah um like i have to get up every hour and like move around like when some of my um when my apple watch tells me like i have to do that and like i'm so scared that i'm gonna be like doing jumping jacks or something <laughs> i'm not gonna remember to turn off my camera so far i don't think i've done it very badly one time uh so we'll have that chat thing there's this other attorney that um, he saw me, that my name was on there, and so he chatted me and was kind of teasing me. And then I responded, and of course I replied all instead of replying directly to him. And so then the judge thought that I was saying something about her, like I was saying that she was being inappropriate, but I was saying that my friend was being inappropriate with this joke. It was just... <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. Your Honor, I... I assure you, I didn't think you'd see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Okay, so let's let's focus real quick. So this whole concept of pivoting when you're you've made a big mistake, like yeah. from a career perspective, what yeah. advice do you give to people who are gonna inevitably end up in that same situation? You everybody's gonna make a decision. That's a long one, a big investment, and then they're going to get to it like, great. What like, this I, huge, it, yeah. That's it. I mean, it's <laughs> over. Yeah. So, w- w- so um, how do we navigate that? So Cal Newport wrote a book called um, So Good They Can't Ignore You. Mm. And that's kind of what turned me on to self-determination theory. So Steve Martin didn't didn't coin that? Uh, turn, uh, so Good They Can't Ignore You? Yeah. 
I don't know that. I don't. Uh, although I'm the honesty, Martin Kick. Did you listen to that new audiobook you did? No, but I want to now. It's good. Okay. It's fun. On. It's, fun. it's on. It's on the list. Um, okay. So, so you, good. Um, so Cal Newport. So good. You can't. They can't ignore you. He's like passionately against follow your passion. Yes. Okay. This is my Interesting. book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and, um, so he's the one who kind of turned me on to self-determination theory. And so like going back to that, if you're on a career path and you're not competent at it and you don't think you can become competent and you're not connected and you don't think you can become connected and you're not autonomous and you don't think you can become autonomous, you've got to get the, you got to get out. Yeah. 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 Like there's yeah. no... But usually it's not the career's fault. Usually it's where you are in it. Mm-hmm. So um, so if you went to medical school and you're working for a micromanaging doctor who isn't teaching you anything and doesn't know your last name, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to leave medicine, but you shouldn't work for that doctor anymore. You know. Yeah. So when So I was at my first job and I didn't have the vocabulary to say that, but like the same thing that was glaringly obvious was that I was bad at what I was trying to do and that at this firm I wasn't going to get better. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to do something and be bad at it. Right. And yeah. so I had to, so my idea was I'm just going to try the most different kind of law that I can. Like I, like this sucks. What's the, and, and so I, I applied to be a criminal prosecutor and when I got the job it was like serious. It felt like I was getting like a lifeline in the ocean. I was like, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to work there anymore. Yeah. And um, and uh, it ended up not, you know, I was only there for a year. Mm-hmm. But um, I had some natural talent for it, but I also felt like this is an environment where other attorneys are going to give me feedback. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn. I'm going to get better while I'm here. It was a, like a really good team environment a lot of the time. And... Um, people kind of left me alone most of the time. So like it had those ingredients. And then once I kind of got a level of competence, then I could decide, okay, where do I want to use this competence versus the other place where I was just going to, I could see myself being here in 10 years and making the same mistakes and having the same frustration and the same micromanagement. So that's kind of how I would think about it is where can you be competent? Like if you just have no capacity for what you're doing, you got to, you got to change professions. Yeah. But there's enough variety in each profession that there's probably a way. Like there's probably a place for you. You just got to find it and have those three ingredients. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. So for me, I think that what I focused on was like, you know, I I had to get at least kind of competent at my job. Otherwise I get fired. (laughs) Right. And I focused on, for me, it was, where's the pain, Yeah. you know, and focusing like on how do we make this better for other people? Yeah. Right. This is so bad. Right. It's not, it's not going to get any better right. unless somebody does something about it. Maybe, maybe I could do something about it. And so you get kind of passionate about solving that thing. Right. And then you got the passion. So right. You got that passion thing, you know, the whole hedgehog principle. Yeah. Of, you get know, deep you, on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can go, okay, well, I know about that thing and I can solve for that. And, um, and it's a pain that everybody has. So I can, people will pay me. To, right. You know, people will pay me right to address that pain and then finally what what's the what's the other aspect of it right they'll pay me and uh i i i'm passionate about it and then i'm competent right so i'm passionate i'm competent in it and then all of a sudden your sphere of influence starts to grow right and i'm like oh and and everything in information security is connected yeah 
it's all connected. And so I, I mean, I don't know gross. tons of members of your team, but for what I can see from the outside, like it's a team vibe. Totally. There's a connection there. Right. And so like, if you like your team, you can kind of play any sport, but if you don't like your mm -hmm. team, like you can be the most skilled person, but it's just going to be miserable. Yeah. 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 So that, that makes sense. All right. So cool. Absolutely. Passion. All right. Uh, Josh, you wrote a book recently <laughs> when did you decide you were going to write a book have you how many books have you written is this i have written three books okay but it's maybe a little unfair to call them books because they're sh so short <laughs> that's all right they're man. like longer pamphlets okay um, <laughs> uh and they're like it's so interesting i don't know like you should definitely not read my book is not like it's it's uh it's uh you know so okay. the, that was giving me my next question so why should we read <laughs> you should not Don't i mean read the two this book the two main ones are called the business of criminal law and the second one's uh, criminal defense referrals and like um when i was i knew i was like I, kind of my process is i'll want to learn something and kind of part of a way to like help me learn it in a disciplined way and like fill in the gaps that I'm tempted not to fill in ah. is to be like, okay, I'm going to write this, but really I'm going to teach myself in the process. Interesting. So Interesting. Um, criminal defense referrals was my business partner retired in 2017 and um, we were a fully advertising business at the time, like 95% of our cases came through ads. Um, but when I looked at other attorneys whose practices I wanted, they were always referral based. And that felt like a really scary transition to switch from referrals to referrals from advertising. Why did you want what they had? They just seemed less, um, well, uh, one of them I was close enough to that I was like, hey, can I ask you some really personal business questions? <laughs> like, can, like, basically, can I see your taxes? And he was huh. like, sure. Like, he's very open, very cool about it, very generous. Nice. And um, he was doing about half my revenue but his margins were twice mine in size, not in percentage, but like, he, so he's taking home twice what I was, but he was doing half my revenue. Oh. And uh, the other attorney that was kind of my template in this, he wasn't even doing criminal law, but he uh, just seemed like he wasn't as hurried as I was. His schedule wasn't as packed. He didn't seem, you know, I was just running from court to court trying to get all these cases done. Got it. And, um, you know, because, you know, it, I was functionally kind of like a solo attorney, but I was spending like $30,000, $35,000 a month on Google ads, which means I've got to do thirty dollars to $35,000 worth of legal work yeah. before I can like start paying my rent and paying my salary. It's a lot of ads. It's a lot right? of ads. Yeah, right? that's a lot of ads. And, you know, you guys are a big company. I bet you guys spend. No, no, no. More than that. But, no, 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 But no, it was no. like this anxiety. And, um, if, and whenever Google would make it, adjustment to the algorithm like we would know it the next day not because they told us but because we could tell mm -hmm. and it felt like it was like a we were risking our whole company on mastering google ads like if we got a step behind in google ads we were out of business so it just felt like there was no moat and that mm. um it was a i was just sick of paying google yeah. and they, they were doing what they promised to do they were you know they did everything they and we made a lot of money off of google but sure i just didn't want to be you know, there's that principle, like, if you have one huge client, you don't have a client, you have a boss. Like, oh, Google yeah, is yeah. my boss. Like, I had lots of little clients, but Google, like, if they made a change to that, I had to immediately change my behavior. Yep. So I just wanted to have a little bit more independence in that. Got it. So without, like, um, spoiling too much of your book, like, how did you oh, transition yeah. oh, spoil the heck out. from that? Like, from utilizing yeah. Google Ads to 
referrals. Like, yeah. I mean, so one thing that I had to learn, like when you do Google ads, you put money into Google ads and you get calls almost immediately, almost instantly. Um, but with referral relationships, I, the, the analogy I use in the book is that it's sort of like sometimes, like every now and then I'll see a question that's like, if you needed a referral today to pay your rent, what would you do? And why aren't you doing that right now anyway? Yeah. And I just hate that question. I think it's the wrong question because it, I think the analogy is like, it would be like if you said, what kind of corn could you plant today and then eat tonight? Like you just can't. There's not well, a there's type no of corn. There's no corn that doesn't. There's no corn. <laughs> yeah. And so like if you go and desperately start shaking all of your relationships for a referral today, you're basically going to destroy those relationships. Right. It probably won't even lead to a referral. It's just, yeah, just, just going to make them mad. And so yeah. like what we had to do was we had to um, not look for that immediate payoff. We had to just build relationships in a sincere, non-transactional way, and um, and then once once you hit this like little tipping point, then it has all this momentum of its own. But um, you have to bridge that gap, and so ads were really nice for us in accidentally and then intentionally, you know, building enough relationships that we could get over that gap. So, like, if somebody graduated from law school and said. You know, I'm going to start day one. I'm not going to work for anybody. I'm just going to start my law practice and I'm going to do all referrals. I'd be like, you will be out of business in three right. months. Like you don't have well, any relationships. Yeah. Um, so the question is, how do you get from zero relationships to enough referral relationships to support yourself? And, you know, you can take out a huge loan. You can, you can get a day job and build the relationships while you're working for somebody else. Or you can advertise. Like that's what we did. So we advertised yeah. for years and years. And, uh, and then COVID is what kind of forced us to turn off. Like we shut off our ads. We still thought we were an advertising business. We shut off our ads and for like three months, the phone did not ring and it was very scary. And then, uh, the phone started ringing and we hadn't turned the ads back on. We never did. And so you became a referral business. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned three things. So the first thing you said is identify referral activities you actually enjoy so i think i know some of those what those are (laughs) for you right yeah tell us about that yeah i mean it doesn't even have to be activities it could be an activity Mm -hmm. like figure out so like single thing even a single thing like and give yourself permission to just do more of it like something for me like so lunch is my jam i love lunch yeah and i would always feel guilty for going on these lunches because i'll go i like a lot of times I won't schedule anything after the lunch and I feel bad for, like, I, I try to be really, like, upfront with the person I'm going to lunch with. Like, I'm not going to be a fan. You, we could do 30 minutes. Like, and I, you know, one time I went to lunch with a, a really good friend and, you know, we got there at noon and it was like 4.30. My wife was like, where are you? Like, I love it if my lunch meeting goes all the way to dinner. Like, that's my, I love that, you know, so. <laughs> that's um, the best day. I love it. Yeah. And um, so I'd feel really guilty when I did that because I'd think, well, I could desk working on that case you know and um and that's true I mean there is a trade-off there but like I realized eventually like the best thing I could do for my business is to build those relationships Mm -hmm. so like if I just went to lunch with that person the week before that might be just me indulging myself yeah but if it's like a really important relationship there's almost not an amount of time that I could spend with them that would be too much like this is and so um so I would, I didn't think of it as work until and recently I was like, oh, I need to have like a goal to do a certain number of lunches, but I enjoy it so much that it's like, 
I just want to go to lunch, right? So, um, so I think sometimes, like my dad is a very different networker than I am. My grandfather's totally different from both of us. Okay. And I, for a lot of my life, was kind of like, man, something's wrong with me. I'm not like my dad. I'm not like my grandfather. Um, but like, there's no need. Like, yeah. we already have my dad, and we already have my, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I kind of like the love languages as kind of a, as kind of a blue, like. I've never read it, but like I've read like the little summaries that come with like surveys and stuff. And like, um, but I think it's helpful to kind of inventory. What do you like? Like, do you prefer, like if you're an acts, if you're a not acts of service, if you're words of affirmation person, mm-hmm. right? Write thank you notes, right? Thank you notes, you know, like give yourself permission to do that. And, uh-huh. um, if you're a gift person, okay. send gifts, yeah, give yourself a budget and permission to do that. And so like, um, so I have an infinite lunch budget. Like, I ne- I'll pay for anyone's lunch. I don't care. like, and and sometimes maybe I'm a little will, bit. Man. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it might be like tacky because yeah. like I keep paying, but like I don't want the Denny, other person. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Denny's is in yes. the budget. Yeah. yeah, but we both like Denny's. <laughs> um, so like, sometimes I think it can make it awkward for the other person that I paid so much. But my feeling is I don't want them to be like, uh, like I don't want that financial part of it to be like it's it's so valuable to my business i'll go to lunch with especially like certain types of people so yeah identify identify the activities that like don't feel like work to you got it got it okay and so you say so you identify them and you make it a habit make a habit of doing it consistently so how awesome is that you say i love doing this thing yeah guess what i'm gonna do (laughs) i'm just gonna mostly be focused on that thing right it's so much easier to build a habit ah, of something you enjoy. That's right? great. Yeah. As my so, lack of exercise has proven over and over again. Yeah. So for me, it's like FedRAMP compliance. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to, <laughs> I just love this so much every day. AC one part A, AC one part B. Let's go through. Oh, what do you think your like uh, relationship, business relationship, love language? I think that I'm right there with you, Josh. I think like, Doing doing lunch with people, um, I, we I so right now Paramify is a hybrid company, but we are I don't know, man. We're just having so much fun building building this company together. So for me, it's being around the team. Yeah. Uh, whatever anecdotes come up that we're just like laughing hysterically at, <laughs> and whatever comes up is just so fun to be with the team and uh, work hard together. It feels like we've won. So to me, it's being around, I'm an ex, I'm like, you know, the extrovert, right? I, if I get a ton of energy out of being around people and you know, I, I just love that. Right. So for me, it's being around people. Uh, Lunch is the best. We believe in lunch at 1130. (laughs) I'd love lunch. Lunch at eleven thirty or eleven twenty to beat everybody so that we're sitting down. Right? I don't want to wait, but yeah. So no, I think so. Right, right in there. But right. if you're not Absolutely. a lunch person, don't feel guilty about that. Yeah, don't. That's okay. Like that yeah. book, never eat, eat alone. Like if you're a lunch person, you shouldn't eat alone. I shouldn't eat alone. But if you're a an acts of service person, don't you know you're gonna the whole you're gonna be antsy at lunch thinking about all the service yeah. you could be doing for that person. The only thing I really like to do alone is surfing because I'm so bad at it and I don't want anyone to see me. Right? It's the one thing that I really thought since I was little, I always thought surfers were so cool. Yeah. And so when I finally got surfing, I'm like, oh, this is awesome, but I'm still a little self-conscious. I'm like, oh, here's the thing that you know, I aspire to be. It's a good surfer. 
But anyway, I don't know. What about you, Keaton? What's your go? I mean, probably, yeah, like lunch or maybe even like, I mean, lunch is like a go-to. That's that's a classic one to go to. But maybe even, um, yeah, honestly, yeah, like yeah, like a climbing music. gym or cool. yeah, yeah, music or. Josh plays like too. He plays guitar. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I play guitar. That's that's actually a great thing yeah. to do. Yeah, it's like the thing I do when I'm not supposed. You know, I go to that. You know, all the time when I know I have something else to do. Right. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I want to play guitar. I've got this trial coming up and I've got to, you know, read the reports again. And and so, like, the way I bribed myself today was, like, 20 minutes of reports, five minutes of guitar. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my office mates love it, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on the song, right? Yeah. So That's awesome. Okay. So you, like, you'll jam in your office. Yeah. That's so cool, man. <laughs> Again, yeah, it probably bugs them. They'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably have to stop. Well, hey. Yeah, I already know that I'm offending a lot of people all day long. So <laughs> I, I try to be nice when when I can be. Okay, so you said, okay, so we're going we're gonna to find what we love mm. to do in terms of getting referrals. So it's, and the focus is building a relationship. Yeah. A real, right. genuine right. relationship. My, my, personal jam is I never ask for a referral. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause that would ruin a lunch. Yeah. Like I absolutely. go to lunch with someone and we're getting, we're winding up and I'm paying the bill and I'm like, Hey, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 You're right. Right. You're just like peeing in the Cheerios. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If you do that, that's, that's so wise. Yeah. I, I felt like most of my deals that I did in the very beginning, starting Paramify, I literally was like, the, even the first one, I was like, no, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Go to yeah, someone else. And yeah. it was the only it, kind of referral I will ask for is if you know somebody that I want to go to lunch with, I might ask for an introduction. Oh. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. say, hey, I need you to yeah. send me three more criminal cases. Now. Interesting. Yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. It is, but it does. It is interesting that you said that you do definitely need to build that base first. So at the first I used to say, oh, you know, I never spent a dollar on marketing or sales. And isn't that so great? Yeah. And not when we're trying to scale. uh, Yeah. (laughs) uh, At some point. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the third thing you said, yeah, without being desperate or asking for anything in return. So that's what you just said. That's, that's brilliant. Right. So there's no strings attached. And it's just when and you get to have fun. and So the only string is that if I'm picking, so like I only have so many lunches, uh-huh. right? And so if I'm picking to go to lunch with somebody, I'm probably not going to ask like the preschool teacher in my neighborhood to lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, again, it's not that I don't like them. And if they asked me to lunch, I'd probably go. But it's just like the chances of it being, leading yeah. to good stuff is just not as high. Okay. So for me, it's other lawyers. Yep doesn't have to be criminal defense lawyers, you know, it could be yep. divorce lawyers are great for me, you know? So like if I could pick, like if I have a lunch slot open and I can pick between a divorce lawyer and a preschool teacher, I'm going to pick a divorce lawyer. Okay. All right, man. All right, Josh, what you, you just founded, you're, you're really in your niche. So you just founded, uh, how do I say it? Levo accounting. Yeah. It's going so bad. That's awesome. <laughs> I have zero customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so Why did hard you create it then? Uh, why did I create it? Um, so I think, so I, I felt like I saw this need. I thought 
um, people hire bookkeepers. How hard can it be to get them to hire me? Yeah. I'm going to be more niche and more focused than anybody else. Yeah. I have zero customers. <laughs> zero. <laughs> Not even yourself? No. I have somebody else do my bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we'll oh. check in on Lee Bookkeeping. <laughs> no, no. It's but like kind of, so like, I think I have some perfectionist tendencies oh, yeah. where it's challenging for me to start something and not have it to like be a home run, you know, mm, like I, yeah. at least if anybody's going to know about it, like, uh, I got you. But what I've been trying to do more is to be like, I'm going to try this little bookkeeping thing and really like, what's the downside? Like, I'm not going to like lose my house over this bookkeeping business, yeah. you know, yeah. um, or I'm going to, um, and, and like, I make a lot of those bets and some of them are just not going to pay off and yeah. be okay with that, you know? So Got like it. a little bit after the bookkeeping business, we started this newsletter for criminal defense lawyers called the business of criminal law. Mm. And I've always thought like, who would freaking sign up for a newsletter? Like yeah, who yeah, wants yeah. more email? Like, <laughs> yeah. So we started this thing and it was just like, I don't know, let's, let's just try it. Let's just try it for a little bit. And we got like 50 stranger subscribers in the last couple of weeks. Awesome. Like where it's like, oh. I mean, it's not Tim Ferriss's newsletter no. list or whatever, no, but no. like it just like, so, and I have it set up where every time somebody signs up, I get an email. Mm-hmm. I freaking love it when somebody's. Yeah. That <laughs> love it. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. So gosh. it's like, I'm going to yes. like push on this door. I'm going to push on this door. I'm going to push on this door. And like, I don't know. I, the, the only way to know which one's going to open is to push. Yep. And so far the accounting one has not, maybe it will later. Um, but it was a small bet, and if it doesn't, yeah. that's okay. But the newsletter feels like it; like people are like, "Yes, I want that," and it like feels really good to make something that people want. What do you think is the difference so far between those? Like, so the between newsletter, what? Yeah. So, what is the newsletter? I mean, they're just. I think that no one wants to spend time hiring a bookkeeper, mm-hmm. and so like, I think you just have to have way more of a relationship with them than I anticipated. Mm. So the newsletter actually might lead to the accounting business taking off, but it might take like a year yeah. of being with those people and like kind of showing who I am. Sure. So I don't feel a need to like shut down the accounting thing, but it has no customers right now. Zero. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a great discussion overall, whatever you're doing, something that's hard. So criminal defense is hard. hard. Not everybody can do it. No one's doing it for fun. Yeah, no one's doing it for fun. Information security is hard. I don't care who you are. No right. one's doing it for fun. Right. right. Well, actually, we have someone coming on next week that I think has fun <laughs> in security. Uh, yeah, Bryce. I think <laughs> I think he legit has fun in security, and, and I guess there are people. Me, I don't, you know. I have fun making it, you know, suck less. Yes, you know? yes. And so that's, that's where I have fun, but. But the success comes from relationships in every case, right? It's like, do they trust you? Do they trust you to, to solve this problem for you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's such a short, so like, um, hiring a criminal defense lawyer is a really expensive, high stakes decision. And, um, it's very easy to not make it. Okay. So like a lot of times what I'm competing with is them not making decision okay and um when someone refers them i'm so much closer on the trust spectrum to them making a decision than if they get an ad so like something that i just like didn't fully appreciate was like there was this hidden cost with google ads 
I'm paying all this money, but then I have to do so many like client consultations to find the people who want to hire me. There you go. Because I'm starting so low on the trust scale. Like I just like it's just so hard to go from I've never heard of you before. I don't know anyone who knows you all the way to I'm going to trust you with my life and death death criminal offense case. Oh man. So there's so much more friction on the funnel yes. when they're coming in from people who so don't I could buy know you. Tons and tons of right. leads. But then I had to process yeah. like yeah. I, there was just no good way to identify which ones were good and which ones were bad without spending 45 minutes with every single one. Yeah, versus wow. versus with the referrals, you have your ideal customers just, like uh, Josh says, yeeting themselves. Yeah, that's what Josh said the other that's day right. about some of our some of our new partners coming in. So that's it's cool. so fun, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I, like I just have to like answer their questions, tell them a story, and they're like, "Yes." Whereas if somebody has never heard of me before, I've got to like really walk them down that path, and then you know, it's just it's a harder relationship the whole the whole time. Yeah. So 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 Josh, for for others that aren't you know we're not we're not getting into criminal defense, uh, but if building those referrals, would you say it's those three things that? you know, our key, is there anything else that people need to focus on? What were the three? So, yeah. So you said, I, I don't know, fun, know where I got this. I probably just made it up <laughs> with no strings. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said the three yeah. things, I don't know, identify referral activities you actually enjoy, make a habit of doing them consistently and three without being desperate. That being desperate. Yeah, asking actually. for, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yes, but like I also thought I'm going to do bookkeeping and I already know this marketing thing. Like I'm a marketing person. Oh, you know, like so like I thought like I know how to I can get people to pay, you know, these enormous fees for literally life and death cases. Yeah. Getting somebody to pay me $200 a month to do their bookkeeping, that is going to be easy. I have zero customers. Yeah. (laughs) I have zero clients. Yeah. It's just finding those people that have that pain. Right, that right. exactly. Which is kind of exact. a mom test thing, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's oh, talk about yeah. moms. Yeah. Wait, no, let's talk about... <laughs> wait a minute. No, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about mom test. I love that book. I love that book. Okay, the mom test. So good. So um, the mom test, I forget exactly why it's called the mom test, but basically what it's saying is if you call somebody and say, hey, I've got this idea, I'm going to start a bookkeeping company for criminal defense lawyers, what do you think? Sounds great. I, I love it. Here's my money. <laughs> no, no, no. Like if I called you, yeah, like you'd be like, I want to be supportive of you, Josh. I don't want to rain on your parade. Just had like, this conversation with with a very close confidant recently. Right? They said, "Hey, here's this business," and I'm like, <laughs> and, "But did you like tell them don't do it?" I was like, well, "Yeah, you I did? actually okay, did. Good. I I did kind of say like, I don't know, man. That's okay. So not a hundred percent of the time. Pretty hard. But a lot of the time." But I was supportive ultimately. Right. I'm the like, person doesn't want to, like, you're all excited about this idea. And they'll be like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, and, <laughs> and so you just got false data. That's right. False. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have, it's at least like null. It's at worst, it's like they told you the opposite of what it's true, right? And, and like, which is super expensive. Super expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, so the idea in the mom test is to ask questions that are likely to get true responses. So instead of saying, calling my criminal defense friend and saying, hey, 
I'm thinking about starting a criminal defense for a criminal defense bookkeeping company. Do you want to work with us? I, it would be better to call them and say, what are your like three biggest problems right now? Mm-hmm. And if they say, I hate my bookkeeper, then that is That's a interesting. vote that that business could work. But if they're like, my three biggest problems are too many cases, clients don't appreciate me. You know, whatever their three are. Well, what about what about b- b- bookkeeping? <laughs> it's not in there. <laughs> you're not in there. Then you're just like you have to accept that you as data. That. That this yeah. is not something that they. So that's one, one. So one question is, what are your biggest problems right now? Tell, okay. us, tell me about your pain. And then another really big question is, why haven't you solved it yet? Okay. Because if somebody has that pain, or they fe- they they express the pain, there's usually a reason. You know, because a lot of times, if they're like a flourishing business, they've got money to solve it. Like, why aren't you doing it? So mm-hmm. sometimes they think it's a pain point. But it's not really a pain point mm-hmm. that they're willing to spend money to solve or, or something like that. Gotcha. And then another idea with it is um, don't ask about fu- the future. Would you hire us? Ask them about the past. What have you done in the past to deal with this pain? Like, those are questions that are likely to get mm-hmm. actual frank responses. And he would also say, don't usually tell people that you have an idea. Don't even tell them. Just say, hey, we're doing some research on criminal defense firms and we have these, you know, we have a few questions for you. Mm -hmm. You're not like, because again, the second somebody knows that you're trying to think about doing a business, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, oh, this is going to be so great. You're going to be, and it all, it blows up your data. So you get Uh, terrible data. Oh yeah. Not even red flags. You're Saying like bad data, right. worse, even false worse. signals, false right. signals. Right. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so the idea is, um, before you make this big investment, and you know, like I probably should have done more market research before I started my little bookkeeping thing, um, and that it, it it can be free. Like it could just be conversations that you have with people. Yeah. Like you could go to a convention where a lot of these people come together and you just have you know maybe you don't ask all if you have five questions maybe you ask this person one that person one that. You know, like yeah. you don't, and so it can be for you. You can pay to do it with surveys and things, but it's just like how to ask questions that are likely to give you actual data. What I like about your last question, have you solved this in the past? That is actually amazing because you're going to find out really quick if you're talking to the right person. Yes, yes. <laughs> because if they're like, then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, that's... It's like, well, who do I need to have lunch with? Right. 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 And a lot of times, um, so like he's big on like, okay, like set up the Zoom or whatever. You kind of pretend like you're just like making small talk before the real thing. You ask the questions, make them super low stakes for the answerer. You'll get like really good data. Then you like have a couple of questions that you can ask during the actual thing, but you really, you already got, you already know if this person. Yeah. You know, and you can use it as like a way to qualify leads or something like that. You could use a podcast for that or something. Sure. I, are you trying to sell Pramify to me? <laughs> no, <laughs> nope, no, we definitely aren't. <laughs> but um, yeah. but like in its purest form, it's like, is this a business? Yeah. And um, it just seems like a way, because we all want to, like I used to tell people like you can't know. Mm-hmm. You've got to start the business and you won't know in advance if it'll work. And that's true. You'll never know. But you can narrow it a little bit. Yep. By like, and then now think about if you're asking for investors and you go, we've conducted 92 conversations with people with these titles Mm -hmm. and 48 of them said this was their number one problem right now. Like that's a really nice slide in your deck, right? Um, 
versus I don't know. We really think like uh, people spend a bunch of money on this. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy how much money gets thrown at problems or at technology that's looking for a problem right. to be solved. Right. It's crazy. Here right. we are, 2023, right. and we're doing it at an amazing clip. <laughs> and the the book doesn't talk about it, but Survey Monkey freaking good for this yeah because you just pay it money and it finds you the right people gives them a short survey it's amazing let's do it let's do it adam are you listening adam johnson One of my friends is using it to test trial theories huh he had a car accident case and i didn't know that you can put a video into a survey monkey survey so they showed them video of the thing that happened and said who was more at fault and then put that in their demand letter the insurance company was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh the survey a, monkey. Wow. That's, that's incredible. That's brilliant. Yeah. All right, here we go, survey monkey. I have a lot of things that I want to know about. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm an affiliate. So I think cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me send me your link. <laughs> send me your link. Yeah, so like there's cool, like, like you said, it's 2023. Like we have ways sometimes to answer these questions. Yep. Um, but one of them is just to go one by one. And you can use LinkedIn. You can get like the exact job title at the exact target company. Like, you know, like if you can, you can identify exactly who you need to talk to. That's so, that's so awesome. Right. I feel like a lot of the reasons I want to get your take on this too. I feel like a lot of the reasons why we go so far down these ideas that really aren't going to solve for any pain. I think a lot of it is just that human need to want to not be rejected. Right. right. I, I think it's confirmation it's, bias. Yeah, it's confirmation right. bias. We're, we're looking for something that's going to confirm idea, our idea. When what you probably yeah. should be doing is like red hatting it. Like prove this wrong. Before we spend two years and $100,000 and uh, like let's 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 do the survey let's spend 80 bucks on a survey survey monkey that proves that we shouldn't do this flip it on its head and that whole charlie munger thing yeah just like invert right so if i'm building an airplane what's the worst thing (laughs) i can't land it right so you want to you want to start there what goes wrong right that's 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 awesome i love that and it's got to be proportional to the downside Mm. so like if it costs you essentially nothing to start it Maybe don't spend as much time screwing around with market research and stuff like that. But like, yeah. if you're asking investors to invest millions of dollars and years and engineers, and they could have gotten stock options at this other company, because like you don't just have to pitch the money people; you have to pitch the time people and the energy people, and all, all everybody's got to be be sold on it. Absolutely. Okay, so you're going to be doing more validation. With with or disvalidation, disvalidation. you'd be like, never mind. (laughs) But yeah, um, that's so cool. We've talked about some amazing things. Uh, Nothing has to do with security, and I'm just totally fine with that. (laughs) Absolutely, I think that ultimately it does. Right? We're we're all trying to solve for pain, right? Whether it's information security or risk management or criminal defense. Uh, What are some of your uh, most rewarding experiences? in uh, criminal defense or is it is it just the relationship is that the is that the it's interesting that you ask that i just had this massive trial okay and i won and i didn't feel like high-fiving anybody at the end got it interesting and it was uh it's kind of a bummer you know mm. um trials are hard they're like physically so 
hard. Okay. Um, but like when you asked that, um, what came to my mind was there was this lady um, who lived like one street over from me. And um, like one day her husband just like left her, emptied the bank accounts. Um, he was the one who took care of all of their finances. And um, she, didn't, she didn't work outside the home. Like she hadn't worked in 20 years. And, um, and I knew her and I was like, we're going to, you know, and so I got to like work with her on this divorce case and I don't really know how to do divorces, you know? Yeah, but and you did it anyway. It was just like so rewarding to work with her because it's like, it's so visceral. Like I get to see the impact of this case. Yeah. Where a lot of times, like if I win that guy's case, like I probably, I mean, if he called me, I would take his call, but like he probably doesn't ever want to talk to me again. Like that was a right. really bad chapter in his life he doesn't necessarily want to relive it all the time yeah so if there's something really cool when you can like see it like impacting somebody's life like whatever sure. you're doing i think um i think that's that competence part like feeling like i know how to do this i'm good at this and it's and it's helping people and then feeling connected to it some of my clients i don't you know um partly to have enough distance to be able to like not throw up when i'm going in to defend them and they're facing like a 15 to life charge like I have a little bit of distance from them. Like, I don't, we don't go to dinner. We don't, you know, like, yeah. I'm going to defend them and I'm going to know their case. But um, but in this case, you know, it was somebody I already knew before the case started. And so it just felt really good to do. That's awesome. Being a force for good yeah. is, is what we ultimately want. Such a braggy question. Sorry. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like no, hey. no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, you, you want to make a difference. Uh, it's really sometimes in business, everything tends to be really superficial. Mm-hmm. But if you can make life better for people. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I wonder if that's a modern thing too where we're doing more remote. And so like I wonder if sometimes the impact of our work is a little bit more remote too. Like, mm. you know, you don't, you're not spending as much time next to your team or, you know, yeah. with your clients and customers. You're doing more of it over distance. And there's a lot of transaction costs that that saves, but is a little bit different. And maybe we haven't totally appreciated how it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really love in person. Man. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> I love in person whenever I can have it. You know, that's what I want. I don't know. We'll see how it goes over yeah. the next bit. But yeah. 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 Well, uh, Josh, thanks so much, my friend, for coming on the, so the Paramify podcast. So fun. Yeah. I'm, Again, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to help anybody with InfoSec. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. But I just love your vibe. I love your content. To me, it's so niche what you talk about. But ultimately, I find myself relating to it. That's cool. So That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, that might be like a slight lesson, too, that, like, so I was writing this book about mm-hmm. referrals, and I thought about writing it to solo and small firm lawyers. Mm-hmm. But then I found that like, I had to like qualify like every paragraph. Like I had to be like, well, this is how this works for this kind of thing. And this is how it works for that. And so I was like, I really know a lot about criminal defense lawyers. So I'm just going to write it for criminal defense lawyers. Mm-hmm. And if people want to read it and figure out how it applies to their thing. They're welcome to, but yeah, like yeah, they don't yeah. have to, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like, there's like a lot of power in saying like, and being like really specific about who you're trying to help, who it's for. Yeah. Well, I think when you read a lot, like you read and then you share your insights. I mean, what was that book you recommended? Magic of Moments? Or, oh, yeah, or, Power yeah. of Moments. The Power of Moments, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I love that. So good. I love it. The so Popsicle. My, the, pa- my the, wife and four of my kids are at Disneyland right now, and okay. I'm sure that they're learning a lot about marketing while they're there. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny, right? Because 
yeah, your wife is with your your four kids, right? And she's yeah. probably like, uh, no, 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 no. She, she loves it. The four. Okay, she picks. We four. have like a million kids. So That's she right. You them. do have a lot of kids, man. Yeah. So yeah, I four. Was like, why don't we just have no kids? <laughs> the discussion was. I was like, as long as I don't have to go, have fun. Yes. <laughs> Disneyland. I always find myself just identifying with Jim Jim Gaffigan. Like now, I know why Dad was always so mad. <laughs> you Parenting know? looked so easy when I was a teenager. Did, oh, I was just like your parents must have been awesome. No, but I was just like you know, just like let us do our thing. What's yeah, the, what's the big deal? And now I'm like, oh my god. So I'm home with two of my teenage daughters, and they're really great to be around. But like, my wife's not around, and so they're like leaving like yogurt family room and there's like flies circling and I'm like we're living in squalor why are we and they're like just let us do our thing and <laughs> just let us do our thing <laughs> if yeah, you let absolutely. teenagers do their thing they will die they like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah well my kids because I've been entrepreneur mode for like what four years now you know as I've been kind of building this and I, I didn't expect it to take this I, I expect it to be further along than we are right now, honestly. As I did with my book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, I thought we'd be further along, and we are far along, but, man, yeah, being a parent and an entrepreneur is, man, that's that's a that's a serious challenge, but, yes, it's, oh, my gosh. Parenting, <laughs> man. Magic of moments, though. Here we are. That's my ADHD kicking in. We're just going place to place, that's man. Cool. All the right. other book that's, like, I don't know why yeah, I want to yeah, tell yeah, you about. Me. I'm sorry yeah, yeah, if you yeah, need to. No, dude. Let's um, keep going. I read this book, Alchemy, mm-hmm. by Rory Sutherland. The the oh not not the Alchemist. No, Alchemy. great book too, by the way. I love the, love Alchemist. the Alchemist. Yeah, but there's this book, Alchemy. Okay. Um, Rory Sutherland was um, a big ad executive at Ogilvy, which is a big like Nike type advertising company. Okay. Um, and his question is like, how could you like solve people's problems in a more in, like in a more creative way instead of like spending all the effort to do it the hardest way possible <laughs> that feels like what my go-to is i'm like let's think of the most complicated way to solve this <laughs> it's that you know the meme of the guy with all the papers everywhere yeah great that's, that's the, me the, the, yeah that's totally connection. me man yeah okay the Keep engineer's going. impulse no that was that yeah was yeah, yeah. That. He, so he has a thought royce rory rory, rory sutherland. sutherland okay buy him with one credit I thinking, oh, yeah it's yeah, I think he reads Confirm. it. It's a pretty dang good one. Um, he's like, no one can resist opening a FedEx. So, like, if you send a cold email to some person, they're not gonna, you know, who's this person? Archive, right? Deleted. <sighs> you send a FedEx to that same person. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. They cannot resist opening it. And your assistant, if somebody's opening your mail, will be too scared to throw it away without giving it to you because it costs the person twelve dollars to send it. So his point is I that I totally get it. I get that it. The cost of sending yes. the message is a message about the importance of it to the receiver. So instead of saying, "What's the cheapest way we could contact these people?" email. Yeah. If you said, "What's a slightly more expensive way that would signal to them?" That, so this guy that I am kind of friends with on LinkedIn recently, a guy paid him a penny on PayPal and then put a big message on the description of the thing that he was. <laughs> 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 Uh, I thought a penny was a little bit audacious, you know, maybe like throw in a dollar there or something like that. But like, um, I don't know, like, so like what's probably a little bit different about your business is like there are the, a a relatively small number of decision makers Mm -hmm. who are pretty hard to access. Yep. 
But if you sent like them each a personalized message and spent $12 to put it in a FedEx envelope, yeah, it'd be hard for them to not open it. They may not respond to it, but they will at least, like you'd be basically guaranteeing that they would open it. Yep. The last 83B, yeah, the last thing I sent on FedEx was the 83B, oh, yeah. you know, with like the, you know, for, for yeah. our stock. Right? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. saying like, yeah, for the IRS, right? And I think I sent it to the wrong uh, IRS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sent it to the wrong one. We're gonna we're gonna go with it though, because uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a random book <laughs> recommendation that came to my brain, but we can we can end if you're. If we're no, no, we totally can. Thank you so much for your time, Josh. This was awesome. Keith, yeah. anything else, man? Yeah, no, this was great, man. Um, I do have just one question that's Please. been eating at me. Please. Yeah. So how in the world did you navigate uh, college as a 14-year-old oh. to 18? Like, oh, yeah, What yeah, was yeah. that like? Um, people who knew me when I was like 14, 15 in college, they were like, you're the kid who wears sweatpants every day. <laughs> <laughs> I had, because I had like PE credits that I had to have. And I was like, I don't want to change with all these old people. Mm, so I would yeah. just wear my PE clothes all the time. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. It was Claremont, right? I grew up in Claremont. We lived in Claremont. I went to Glendora, uh, Citrus College in Glendora, and oh, then Cal Poly you. Pomona in Pomona. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right next to the Twin Pines Mall, isn't right. it? In the, the, the Twin Pines, like the Back to the Future. You know, it wasn't Back oh. to the Future. I forget which, isn't Did it? Did they film it there? Wait, wait, wait. I think maybe I'm I thinking think of Azusa thinking Bill Pacific. And, or you I might think be I'm thinking, thinking of Bill and Ted. Because no, no. the Circle can send you. Oh, no, 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 right. no. I know that. Like Glendora, yeah. Yeah. Strange things afoot of the Circle K. <laughs> Strange things there are afoot of the yeah. Circle K. Yeah. We used to always go to, uh, what, what is that? Raging Waters? It's Raging, Raging Waters. Waters. Yeah, yeah, I used to always go there. Did you grow up in Southern California? I did. Yep. Yep. Ontario, Chino. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, our neighborhood was nice enough, but yeah, we were like right in the rough part of town. Like, <laughs> like our neighborhood was okay, but it was kind of just one of those SoCal neighborhoods, right? I was working in Claremont during law school when I met my wife mm-hmm. or when we were dating one summer. And um, so she was in Kansas and she came to visit me. Yeah. So I went to pick her up at LAX and it took me like two hours to get to LAX because the traffic was like terrible and I'm circling and I'm on the phone. I can't find her. And I'm like, where are you? And she can't tell me. And I'm like, I'm at, I'm at Terminal E. Where are you? And so she like finds a security guard. My boyfriend says he's at Terminal E. And he's like, there's only two terminals. We don't have a terminal. She was at Ontario Airport. I was at LA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Four hours. Oh, my Four gosh. Hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now that's not easy to get from Ontario no, Airport to no. like. And I kind of live by the Ontario Airport. I don't know why I, did. I assumed she was at LAX. But that is that was not so I hope she's. I hope we don't break up when I get yes. when I'm six hours late to pick yeah. her up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I love, I love where we grew up. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, it was good. And you were close to the beach, close to the mountains, uh, which was so is, hot though. Yeah, smoggy. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was true. And then you had to get street smarts where I grew up, right? Is that right. <laughs> yeah. So my kids have like no street smarts like whatsoever. Maybe Zach because he played like football was like yeah. people are tough, right? But like, right. yeah, all my other kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, yeah, you just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. Like I, so I rode my bike ten miles to Citrus. You know. Yeah. My parents were fine with that. I would take the bus sometimes. 
Yeah. Um, my kids, like, they're not allowed on the train. They're not, you are like, oh. Like, so I was just, like, roaming around Southern California. Yeah. Whatever I wanted. Yeah. From, like, 14 until I left the house. Oh, that's amazing. And my kids wow. don't. You're not allowed to do that. I don't know. I don't know. Like, my wife isn't asking for my opinion on this topic, but... Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also, I don't know Let's that I would it. still, you know... I don't think it's more dangerous now than it was then. I wonder yeah. why we switched that. Yeah, it's just that we we think that... Uh, I don't know what it is, man. I think we just think that uh, we know better. Yeah, but there are so many times I could have ended up in jail or, like, <laughs> you know, dead or whatever. But, yeah, that's kind of how it was. We did whatever we wanted and... I had my, my brother and sister were both like really well behaved and did really like my sister was like valedictorian and my brother was also like genius and like super smart. And so, um, I was like a surfer kid and I like did not care about school. (laughs) And so my parents gave me all sorts of leeway. So I I guess I got to thank my sister for giving me all the autonomy that I had, but (laughs) yeah. I took history of rock and roll one summer, which was an amazing class. Oh, it was harder than it sounds. I'm, I bet. And I, so then I was taking the bus, so I, I, you know, it's 10 miles and then I was taking the bus back and we like, so me and like 15 people were waiting for this bus and it just like didn't come what? for like, out, like this one didn't come and after that, didn't come. <laughs> it turned out that there was like a marathon or something. And so they, but they didn't post a note. So like me and it was kind of like breakfast club where like me and these, like, we learned everybody's backstory. It was like a bottle episode. <laughs> like, we had, like, we, like, cause we were just like so bored. It was like before like headphones and like, we just oh, had to yeah. like, we're just sitting. It was so hot. And we're just like roasting at this, at this bus stop, like all day waiting for this bus that never came. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just like my life. It was just like figuring out the bus and like, Oh, I took the wrong bus. Well, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Figure it out. Pick the wrong degree. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. That's awesome. All right, man. Oh, we we totally uh, went over, man. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's That's a, my bad. No, no, you no, tried no, to no. End. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, awesome. No, I love it. Let's keep going. So this last part would just be like apropos of nothing, right? But it's still uh, awesome, right? Uh, I love it. Okay, man. Anyways, thanks so much, awesome. man.